I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. After a tragic loss of a friend, Sebastian Terry did some reflecting and asked himself, am I happy? His answer was no. Next, he wrote down a list of 100 things that he always wanted to achieve. Over the past 10 years, checking items off this list has become his full-time job. A few of the things on his list included marrying a stranger in Las Vegas and delivering a baby. What Sebastian realized throughout this process is that he gained the most happiness from helping other people check items off their own list. He's written a book about his adventure, and he's even been on a TV show. His next goal is to develop a way to scale this concept and create a marketplace for people helping one another. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery. Yep, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit Poopery.com. And Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code WHYNOTNOW. That's all one word. Also, you can now get Poopery at Target. Sebastian, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It was so good to see you in person recently, and now here you are. So let's hop in, in the spirit of why not now. Can you tell me about a time when you had to ask yourself that question, why not now? And we'll dissect it and talk it through. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a big one, which has really shaped you know, my life and you know the reason the, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I, and I guess around, uh, 10 years ago, um, I, I was traveling, I, I was kind of backpacking around the world at that time. I'd already finished high school and I, I'd got my degree at university, but I was still very lost. And I, and I, yeah, I was just backpacking and I happened to be in Canada and, uh, and I was kind of like my mid twenties and I got a phone call late one night from a friend of mine back in Sydney, where I'm from in Australia. And, uh, yeah, he, he broke the news to me that one of my best mates growing up, a guy called Chris, uh, who I surfed with and 
drank plenty of beers with and, you know, very close with the family. Every, everyone knew Chris. Chris was this very central um, character in, in, on the northern beaches, this community in, in Sydney. And uh, anyway, my friend who rang me up in the middle of the night uh, whilst I was in Canada shared with me the news that Chris had tragically died um, overnight. And I don't know, I, I guess, you know, we've, we've all been through, you know, a situation where we've heard that news. And I, and I, and I guess like the the common reaction is to kind of, you know, question why, what you're doing and why you're doing it and how are you happy, etc. And, and, and I guess I was no different. But the, the more I thought about this in this horrible moment in the middle of the night in Canada, the more I thought about kind of where I was in my life, the more confused I got. And I just remember asking quite simply about Chris, like if he knew he only had 24 years on Earth, which is you know how old he was when he passed away, you know, given another chance, would he live the same way? You know, was he ultimately happy with the way he was living his life and how he was being? Or um, if given another 24 years, would he change everything? And and I obviously couldn't answer on his behalf, but or even ask him about it. But the more I thought about it, the more I sort of came to the conclusion that I, I don't think he would have changed a thing. I think he was uh, I think he was really happy. Um, and I thought, how wonderful! A well, life far too short, but 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 well lived at least. And then I turned that question on myself, and I pretended as if it was my last day. And I just thought, well, if I was going to die today, could I look back at my entire life from this point back? And yeah, really, you know, say the same thing that if I was to die today, I'd be happy. Or if I got to redo it all again, would I live in a different way? And um, yeah, it was the first time I ever gave myself permission to consider that question. And I very quickly came to this kind of realization that I was actually really unhappy and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I stood for. I didn't know what I valued. I didn't know what I was passionate about in life. I just didn't know who I was at 24. And I thought, well, you know, shit, that's, that's not good. How do I kind of start to dig into that? Because it was a very kind of, you know, a big wake up call, so to speak. And so I just got out a pen and paper. And I jotted down things in a list format that I thought would make me smile if I tried them. Things that I thought would allow me to experience life in a way I hadn't. Things that I thought would allow me to grow. And this list turned from 1 to 10 to 20, 50, 100 things. And I looked down at this bit of paper staring at 100 things. And I thought, well, if I'm serious about prioritizing my happiness, which is kind of the conclusion I came to, I just need to start. And why would I not start that right now? You know, To your point, why not now? And so I did. I dropped everything in my life. And I took off on this adventure, which, you know, is about eight and a half years old now. And, yeah, it's completely changed my life and, and, and brought to it so much more. And, you know, along the way, it's become accidentally popular. And the best, I guess the best part is it's really resonated with the global audience. And, yeah, that was my absolute why not now moment. Yeah. And what a moment. I mean, this is talk about taking action. And that's where, you know, a lot of people might go through that experience and then be jolted for a little while, maybe a week, a month, a little longer, um, yeah. but not really act upon it. And and so that's what's really unique about your situation is, is you've consistently kept it top of mind and at the spotlight of, of your life. And so what was that very first step after you wrote down these things that turned into a list of 100 what yeah. was the very first move that solidified this was happening? I know you spoke with your mom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I spoke with my mom. She had this kind of expectation that I would, you know, with my newly found degree and getting a little bit of travel out of my system, I'd return to Sydney, find a job, a career and make money and make her proud and, and happy. 
And I remember saying to her, well, look, I've, you know, I've actually got this list of 100 things and, you know, I want to do an Olympic ski jump. I want to be in a Bollywood movie. And, you know, she, she, she got very upset. And, you know, she said, what, what does success look like? What is that? You know, you're, you're older. The, you know, you're not a kid. You should be, you know, focusing on a career. How do you know you're not going to end up on the streets? Um, to which I replied, well, I am actually. It's on my list, number 38. <laughs> so uh, that didn't help. But yeah, I mean, there, there was that because I, I guess we will have a lot of generational societal pressure, especially from, you know, within your family as to how you should be. And so there, there was that type of thing. But to be honest, it was as soon as I kind of had my list there and I, 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 you know, I didn't really have any money. I just made sure my debt at least was all um, was all paid off. And I, yeah, I, I suppose uh, I put my list on paper. I then bought a massive world map and I got a hundred little sticky post-it notes um, little tiny ones. And, uh, I put each item on a, on a little uh, post-it note and I put that up on the map. And I remember just looking up at this map and thinking, well, that's clearly what I have to do. So I, I basically severed all my other commitments in life, which at the time was a business that I had, um, had started with a friend. It went on to make money for somebody else, not me. Cause we, we ended up selling it. And I, you know, I think I got, I got $9,000, um, which was great. Cause I didn't have any other money. So I had $9,000 and then, yeah, I bought my plane ticket and, um, you know, and I had my list and that was it for me. I, I basically left with $9,000, a backpack, a list of a hundred things, but, uh, yeah, this, I mean, it sounds very sort of cheesy, but you know, a head full of dreams and a heart willing to, to throw myself everything I had at this list. And I, yeah, I just hoped that would, uh, it would allow me to smile more in life. And, and, and that was it. Um, it was just a very, if you will, selfish decision actually. But I also think that being selfish is, is really important to, you know, eventually be more selfless to others. Absolutely. And that's definitely where your journey and storyline goes. And we'll get there. Before we do, we have to touch on a couple of, I guess, my favorite things on your list of 100 things. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. One of which, tell us about getting married in Vegas. Yeah. So look, it's an odd one. And uh, you know, people kind of judge me a little bit for it, but I don't mind. That's fine. Um, yeah. I'd always, you know, being an Australian, being somewhat sheltered growing up, there was, you know, I once heard that you could get married in Las Vegas to a stranger for 24 hours. And I thought, well, if that's legal, you know, how can that be wrong? So, uh, yeah, it was on my list. So it was uh, pretty much the first thing I did. I, I got this phone call, as, as I said, in, in which was, you know, the news was shared with me that I, I'd lost my friend. And I thought, well, that's it. I just kind of felt inspired to, yeah, go and do this thing that I knew I'd always wanted to do. So I flew to Las Vegas by myself. Uh, it's a long story, but the short version is that I met a stripper mud wrestling. Her name was Crystal. Um, I proposed to her. She said yes, um, because, and I, and I said, why did you say yes? And she said uh, she wasn't doing anything the next day, which was hilarious. So that was that. I then went chapel shopping to find a cheap little, you know, wedding drive-through. And uh, and I found one called the Say I Do wedding drive-through. There were about 30 strangers there, none of whom I knew. They just heard what was happening. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was all going really, really well until um, one thing went wrong, and that was that Crystal, the exotic dancer, my bride-to-be, she, she actually stood me up at the altar. And so I was kind of left red-faced on top of this stretched hummer um, by myself and an Elvis impersonator behind me, um, but without a bride. And so I, I thought, I'm going to have to create an opportunity here. So I looked down at the crowd and I just simply asked, you know, is there anyone else here who would consider marrying me? And, um, and thankfully there was. Uh, she was the receptionist of my, my hostel. Her name was Crystal. And uh, yeah, we, we ended up getting married. And, and I joke about this. I know you, you know this. But, it, but it's very true. I, I, we had this really super awkward moment when Elvis asked us to kiss because it was the first and the last time that we ever touched. 
Um, you know, contrary to what a lot of people believe would have happened that night, um, let me tell you that it didn't. It was just a very clean, cut and dry marriage, and then we went our separate ways. In fact, no, we actually went to the Bellagio Casino because also on my list was to put a thousand dollars on black, um, and and I didn't actually have a thousand dollars. I had to borrow five hundred of someone, and I put it on the table and I put it on black, and um, of course it was red, so I lost that, and then I lost her. In fact, I lost everyone. I ended up singing karaoke by myself on a on the strip of Vegas that night, on my wedding night. So it was very lonely, but memorable. Oh, it just gets better and better. So yeah. one other quick, we have to do a little vignette of you delivering the baby. And, and then I'd love to fast forward because this has been going on for eight, ten years. And it's become so much bigger and more than you gallivanting across the globe and doing these crazy things, although they're very interesting like crashing the Bollywood movie and what, but yeah, there's been a lot of, I've done 72 things. It's been going on for years. And I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting things. I mean, that's uh, yeah, the baby one was, was incredible. Actually. I, you know, I wanted to deliver a stranger's baby and I I guess with the popularity, this is kind of accidental popularity of what I was doing with my journey, 100 things. um, I got an offer, an email from a girl in Canada saying, come to Canada. I've been following your journey. I'm, I'm pregnant. You can help me deliver my child. And I just thought, wow, what an opportunity. So, yeah, I flew. I got my credit card out. Um, so I'd run out of money by that point. And I flew to her hometown in Canada called Regina, which is just brilliant. And um, so I'd never – I thought she was making it up, but the town was actually called Regina. It's the capital of Saskatchewan. And I got there. And, again, it's a long story, but the short version is I basically missed her, the birth of her child. She had an emergency delivery. The baby was healthy, um, which was great. Um, but selfishly, again, I was kind of like, oh, no, I've flown all the way here. And – you know, I don't know anyone. I'm in this oddly named town. I don't have a baby to deliver. But what had happened is that the Canadian media had sort of organically just started following me. I, I don't really get, again, know how this all happens, but it did. And I ended up doing an interview on TV the next morning, and they wanted to find out what had happened. And during the interview, the male host, male anchor, um, ended up, for, for some reason, like not really being on my side. And he said, you know, live on TV to, Can- to the country of Canada, this was for some reason a national story. He said, uh, so you must feel really stupid. You've missed the birth, embarrassed me plenty over a five-minute interview, and then finished by saying, what are you going to do now you failed? And and I looked at him, and I said, well, I'm just going to create an opportunity. So I looked down the barrel of the camera. I was going live to the country, and I said, if there's anyone watching uh, who's five centimeters dilated or more, um, <laughs> let me know and email me on seb at 100things.com.au. And uh, would you believe I actually got 10 offers that morning from people within <laughs> Regina offering me to deliver their children and the first of which was a lovely lady called Carmen. And, yeah, I met her and her family that same day. And just by pure, you know, chance or whatever you want to call it, coincidence, luck, I don't know, but I ended up delivering her baby four hours uh, four hours after I'd met her in a hospital. And um, it was just the most beautiful experience ever. And it's something that it's, – it's pretty funny and pretty outrageous, but it just allowed me to see that, like, just genuinely – and it's a conclusion I keep coming back to – people are good. People are good. What, why did she help me? Well, I just think because she's good. And I, and she actually asked her and she said, passion inspires passion, which is a quote I love using. And, uh, you know, it's something about being genuine, being authentic, being, you know, living on purpose, I suppose. It allows us to connect with people who want to help out, which is everyone essentially. So that baby, by the way, has just turned seven years old. And I, I just actually gave a talk in Canada 
coincidentally in in the province of Saskatchewan, right near Regina. So I just went and saw her and this baby who's now seven years old. And um, that was just two weeks ago. Uh, and it was such a cool experience. I saw that photo that you, you posted. <laughs> and and having hung out with you quite a bit, Seb, and, and as friends, I can say it's not just luck. It's not, you can't make this stuff up. And you attract adventure, but a kindness because you are so genuine and kind. And That's nice of you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Well, it's true because these things, they just happen all the time to you too. And, and you welcome them into your life. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Sebastian. I want to tell you about my partners at Design Pickle. You know when you're in a pickle because you need a design, but you don't have the time or maybe even the skill to do it yourself. Many of us have been there. Design Pickle has been a lifesaver for me. Here's how they're set up. You pay a flat rate monthly fee of $370, and you're given a dedicated designer for all of your needs. You heard that right. Unlimited graphic designs, unlimited requests, and the first 14 days are risk-free. You get a full refund if you cancel in the first two weeks. Why not now, listeners, like yourself, get 30% off their first month, which means you only pay $259 for your first month at Design Pickle. You can go to designpickle.com forward slash why not now to redeem the offer. For me, the process has been painless and ego-free. In fact, many of the posts you're seeing on my social media channels were created by my buddies at Design Pickle, specifically Jacob at Design Pickle. That's what's cool is that you get a dedicated designer. I'm on a first name basis with my designer. A mentor once said to me, just because you can doesn't always mean you should. Do what you're uniquely qualified to do. Design Pickle helps me do just that. So your first month is only $259. Go to designpickle.com forward slash why not now to redeem the offer. So tell me about this move recently to America. Yeah, I mean, it's this journey was never planned. It was never meant to do anything or be anything. It was just my own little thing, right, for me to try and get a bit more purpose and smile more. Um, But what happened is, yeah, I started being interviewed on TV and I got asked to write a book and it got turned into a show and this idea of one man achieving goals. And it was all very odd because, I mean, really, why, why is that special? Someone doing the things he wants to do. It's, it's somewhat, you know, selfish and self-indulgent. But, you know, really, that's what we're here to do. We dream naturally and we, we aspire to do things and then we, we try and do it. And, that, and that's kind of what the world's about. And I, what happened, though, with all this popularity, which was all really fun and stuff, mind you, but the best part of it was people would start to email me and they'd say, look, we, we heard about you we read your book, we saw you on TV, or you did a talk at our business or school. And they would say, I've started my list. So they, they started sending me these lists, like unsolicited lists, I would just start receiving from all over the world. And so that that was awesome. So I changed my website into an online community, where people get to share their goals. But then people started asking me for help. And they'd say, this is this is my story. Um, you know, uh, are you able to help me in any way, shape or form? And so I, I basically found myself in this position where I've received really deep emails from people who really needed a helping hand. And, you know, sometimes people were, you know, disabled or, or, or I guess having no money or living in the middle of nowhere. But other times there were able-bodied people who just needed advice and they just wanted to connect with someone or people who were wealthy or people who lived in the middle of big cities. It was really, it was really odd. So anyway, the first guy I felt I could help was a guy called Mark, who was a quadriplegic. He'd been bitten by a tick and given Lyme's disease as a 30-year-old. So he went from being able-bodied into a quadriplegic. 
and his goal was to run a half marathon. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I just felt very compelled to help him. So I, I met up with Mark and I ended up signing us up for a Melbourne half marathon and I pushed him in his wheelchair the whole way. And it was the best thing I ever did in my life. And the best thing about that event was not only did we get Mark across the line, but by the end of the race, all these strangers had helped me push him as well. And with that story getting a little bit of traction on the media, I started getting emails from lots of other people saying, can you help me in this way, this way, that way? And I essentially stopped my list and started traveling around the world, helping complete strangers achieve meaningful goals to themselves. Um, and the stories are just awesome and there's lots of them, which sounds great, but the problem is I couldn't help everyone. And so basically I didn't know what to do because every one person I helped, there were you know 20 who I couldn't. Um, but then people who were following me online would say, well, can we help these people with you or for you? And I would say, yeah, absolutely. So I became a kind of a matchmaker, introducing people who needed help to those who can help uh, on, a, on this peer-to-peer level. Um, and it just really kind of took off. And there are these amazing acts of kindness powered and driven by the, the good nature and goodwill of strangers. And I thought, isn't this amazing? And it dawned on me that we just all want to help. We innately need to help each other out. That's our way of connecting with ourselves and others. And, and I thought, although this is all fantastic, this needs to get automated and scaled somehow, you know. It's all good that I can introduce people manually, but it's quite a slow process. So, yeah, I I decided that I would move to America. Here I am, and, of course, you're one of the first people I met here, and just with an idea, and I I spoke at an event about what I do, and for the first time I shared my idea of creating almost like a a dating app, but for acts of kindness, not dating. And uh, there was this, yeah, this, this huge kind of surge of support behind me and yeah, I'm just here. There's no plan. I just turned up on day one knowing that I wanted to try and create an app, I suppose, a technology, a platform that would you know, enable strangers to help each other out. And um, yeah, I'm sort of four or five months in and I've just taken on my first little bit of investment. I've got some very smart people, far smarter than me, uh, behind me who are now helping me design the actual platform and how this sits in the marketplace. And you know, I have brands and all sorts now approaching me saying, can we somehow align ourselves with you? Can you create some content for us? Or can we use your technology to help leverage our own volunteering needs within our company? And it's all, I mean, it's, I don't, I, I mean, AJ, you know me as well as anyone here. And it's it's all comp- yeah like, uh, unplanned but beautifully synchronistic and I'm a you know I I, I I love this country because people are so fearless in collaborating and dreams are not these things that we just put to one side but here it's that you know and I agree with it they're things that we just actively you know violently chase down and I love that so I don't know where it's all going but it seems to be going in a really good spot it is it, it, it's going in a very positive direction. One of the things I just want to zoom in on that and give it the, I think, attention that deserves about this recent last chapter of six months or so, when you decided to move to America, you said you had no real plan, but you had your intention and you, you knew what you wanted to do. And I just think that that's a really important point that we think about it, you trusted yourself too. And so a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think, I'm just going to go to this other country. It's far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in another day, literally, when you look at the time zones and get started and see where it goes. You know, it's, it reminds me of that quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, uh, something along the lines of just take the first step. You don't have to see the entire staircase just take the first step. And your first step was getting here. And it wasn't just a, a risky, irresponsible move. 
you also have trust in yourself after the last X amount of years of seeing this all come together. But can you talk just a little bit about how you're able to make these fairly big moves without knowing exactly how it's going to go? Yeah, I think that that, I mean, exactly what you just said, actually, is what I, I, I believe. I talk about that a little bit. Like, I don't think you, it's impossible from the start line to know how a journey is going to go. I think you just have to, in, in fact, like rather than knowing how something's going to unfold, I think the most important thing is is why you're throwing yourself at it. If you understand your reasoning, if you understand, which I think is attributed to your values, right? I think if you understand your values and your list is made up of uh, things that directly anchor and and and, uh, and tie to your values, that's your why. And then when you throw yourself at that, and you take these first few steps, unknown sometimes, like I suppose my my trip here has been and is, um, you know, that's all you need because you. I remember my mum asking me actually when I first left. She said, "How do you know what's around the corner?" How can you go on a journey that you don't know what's around the corner? And I thought about that very kind of literally. And I thought, well, how, how does anyone know what's around the corner? You know, to, to know you've got to walk to the corner um, and you've got to have trust that in yourself that you're walking to that corner because of a, a reason inside. And, and yeah, so I, I got to the corner and I suppose, you know, to me coming to America was I knew I wanted to create this app because I really think it could have a huge, I think it can make a huge impact on the, on the world and the way that people interact with one, one, one another. And that's what I want to do. I love connecting people and I love helping people and engaging and empowering others to do the same. And so that, that was it for me. That was all I needed to know. So, yeah, I, I took the first few steps. I came here. I actually got invited to speak at an event in L.A. where I'm now living. And I just shared the idea. And, yeah, from that, I guess I've connected with incredible people, including yourself. Like, I've got to say, I'm really so appreciative that you'd have me, you know, on, on, on your podcast um if that's the right word i'm not very technology savvy uh, <laughs> yep, but you know share it share, good i'm on a <laughs> podcast congratulations to me uh, but yeah share it sharing this message and so there are you know you are a representation of what is in my opinion a huge percentage of the population who are just good and want to help and connect so you know I, i've got here and, and i've got i've reached the corner i've looked around and suddenly i can see what the next few steps are i, I want to connect with the right people i need to build the technology i'm going to try and build my community here in america i've got media who are now interested and i'm like okay cool these are great things so now I'm walking past that corner to the next corner. And I'm going to see what happens then. And, you know, I think for anyone who pretends that or who suggests or teaches even that you from the start line, you need to know exactly how you're going to make it to your end goal. Well, I, I don't think I think that's really naive, basically. Um, you know, I, I think you just if, if you're like exactly what you said, if you have trust in yourself and you know you're doing something for your right reasons and they're different for everyone. But as long as you know you're doing it for your right reasons, and you just start taking a few steps that, you know, things, things just pan out. And so, you know, who knows? I, you know, worst case scenario is that I look back in 20 years time and I say, remember the time I moved to America because I tried to, you know, chase this dream that I thought was going to better the world and it didn't work out. I mean, that's, that, that's not that bad. The, the worst, you know, the, what I would, would hate even more is, well, in 20 years' time, looking back and going, well, remember the time I didn't move to America when I had that opportunity to try and do something that would make a difference? And so, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but I know I'm doing what I have to do, and that's just trying. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about it. And, and I should also mention the best-case scenario is that I look back in 20 years and I go, wow, that thing that I created is being used now and the world's a slightly better place for it. And, you know, that's what I, that's what I'm really hoping for. So we'll see. I love how you pulled out part of your strategy and part of your calculated risk was following your why. And, and that's, that was just as important as having a plan, more important actually, than having some sort of plan that you never know if it's, I mean, what's the chance that 
that we can predict and actually map out each move that's going to happen. It just doesn't work that way. And it's not to say the plans aren't obviously important. Like, you know, um, <laughs> no, I no, no. That some kind of milestones are crucial, but yeah, in the first instance, of course, it's. I, I think it's a hard decision more than anything. Right. And I meant more of the move to America too, because a lot of people could have said, well, I'm not going to move until I get investment. Well, you can't really get investment until you get here if you want the money coming yeah. from here. So it was, it was a really cool takeaway for me at least. And, and yeah, here you are. And so you're going, what can we do to support you? <laughs> um, oh, geez. I, I mean, look, I'm trying to work it all out, you know, as I go, I've, um, how could you support me? Well, look, I mean, ultimately what I want this all to do is help people. So what's really important for me is if, um, if there is anybody listening and I mean, anybody who n- needs help themselves or knows someone who needs help in any kind of way, like meaningful help, something that, you know, whether they're unable to do it because of a physical condition or an emotional state, uh, if someone's just going through a hard time because they've just had a breakup, if, any, if you're old, if you have a last wish, if you know someone who just deserves to be celebrated for being a, you know, a hardworking mother or father, um, if there's anyone out there, let, let me know, um, you know, email me or get in touch. And you know, I, I guess I can share my details at the end. But, you know, because I, I want to help. and I know a lot of people who want to help. Um, equally, if you're listening to this and you are somehow inspired or you suddenly have a bit of an itch about helping people and you'd like to help someone, get in touch because I know so many people who need. I, in fact, I just got an email last night from somebody, uh, a lady who lives in Oakland, um, in which I think is California, right? Not to sound yes. silly. That, yep. uh, yeah. Yep. So uh, so this is beautiful. Her son uh, has gone through a tough trot at school, basically. He's been bullied a lot and stuff. And his one goal is to have a tree house um, built in his favorite tree in his backyard. But the mother bought all this wood to build this tree house. And then it dawned on her that she has no idea how to build a tree house, you know, let alone she hasn't, she doesn't have a hammer. She's never picked up a hammer. So she asked me whether I could go to Oakland and help, you know, knock up this tree house in her backyard. I'd love to, but I also am not going to because I know that there's someone in or around Oakland who would do this. So, you know, that's just like a perfect example of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, if there's someone in Oakland who wants to build a treehouse, let me know. Um, but, you know, the bigger picture is if anyone wants to need help or anyone who wants to help, let me know. I, I, I think from like a, you know, me trying to start this platform. I mean, AJ, you know me, I'm very, very basic, but I've been doing a lot of talks recently and, and, and even pitching. I mean, pitching to VCs. I didn't even know what a VC was until recently. And it's someone basically with money I've come to understand. And I mean, <laughs> if there's anyone who's looking to like get behind a, a platform or a movement that, you know, I, I think could make a big difference in the world. I mean, I'd love to tell you more about this. If there's anyone, a brands or I, I don't know, if there's anyone who just wants to get involved with this somehow in a way that I'm completely unaware of because I'm just learning myself, just let me know because I, I need all the help. And I, and I think this is only going to work if uh, if the right people, good people get around this. So uh, yeah, that, that's all I can really say. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And where can people get in touch with you? So uh, my email address is Seb, S-E-B, at 100things.com.au for Australia. I mean, on, I'm, of course, on social media. I think my Instagram is um, Seb, again, S-E-B, 100things. Facebook, I'm Sebastian Terry, uh, all 100things again. Um, yeah, my website is 100things.com.au. Um, failing that, you know, anyone can ask AJ for my phone number and you can hand it out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. You're doing such important work and I'm, I'm going to actually fire off a couple of quick questions to you rapid fire before we, we wrap this up. But it's inspiring to see you uh, 
putting the wheels in motion and then seeing what's happening as a result. It just is in a beautiful organic process. Um, and Thank you. It means a lot coming from you. So I, I completely, I love and respect who you are and what you're doing and, and knowing your story as well. Like, uh, yeah, hmm. it's, uh, it's just so nice to be, you know, within your world. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Um, okay, here we go real quick. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Um, I don't sleep very well, so lots. Last night I could hear children screaming out the window. Um, uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> Not right. bad screams, by the way. Having fun, like joyful scream, but that's what kept me up last night. <laughs> it wasn't seals barking, right? So no. that happens oh, no, too, yes, right? I, yeah, I do get seal. I just moved to Marina Del Rey and there are seals barking. They're so loud. <laughs> oh, the, you know, the things that you have to deal with living on the ocean. So pirates are ninjas, Who's tougher? Oh, I pirates, pirates for sure. Okay. Any? Do I have to give a why, or is it? I thought this was like quick fire. I can go into it. It is quick fire. It's all up to you, though. Sometimes people feel really determined to share their rationale. Okay. Um, I think pirates mainly because of stubble. Okay. There you go. Okay. And uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Younger self. Um, don't rush anything, but also don't ever make a decision that contradicts what you really feel in your heart. So good. Mm. Ooh, thinking about that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to hop on with me, and we'll continue to follow your journey, support you. I have a feeling someone will be raising their hand in Oakland to go out and build that treehouse. Yeah, so awesome. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and keep keep going. It's so fun to watch. Awesome. Thank you, Ajo. And uh, have a great uh, have a great week. Uh, lots of love. And to everyone who's listening, um, you know, reach out and, and just ask yourself all the question, what's on your list? Because I think the answer to that question with proper consideration has the potential to change not just your life, but the life of people you haven't even met yet. And uh, yeah, I want to go on that journey with everyone. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now?